0: I'm starting. <laughs> I'm st- <laughs> Hello, okay.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to a very special talk therapy episode of You Should See the Other Guy, in which Samantha is still not yet back with us. She has successfully made her pilgrimage to speak to The Rock, who tells her what to do, and The Rock has spoken to her. She has not shared what it said to her with us yet, and even if she did, we probably would not share it to a general audience this time without her permission, but Samantha, we are very happy about that. And while she has still been away, Sadie and I watched and had very different and confusing reactions to the, what was this, an HBO movie that's come out? Anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's where we watched it, was on HBO Max with Cole Sprouse and Lana Condor called Moonshot, even though it is about going to Mars. Um, oh, I'm Jennifer, by the way.
0: I'm Sadie. And and there is no Samantha this time around again, because she is continuing to burrow her little way into The Rock. And um, I don't know, we'll hear from her at some point. <laughs> but for now, it's, it's the Jen and Sadie show. Hopefully,
1: the, if The Rock told her to leave us, Sadie, I'm going to go launch an attack on The Rock. The Rock better send her home safely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Moonshot is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Cole Sprouse, Lana Condor, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son, and oh, whoa, are you yeah, serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the yeah, he's the other guy, I guess. The, the, yeah, <laughs> the other yeah. other guy, the original guy. Um, yeah. Let's shot. Do you wanna do you wanna do the summarizing or start <laughs> I will. the summarizing? Yes, let me. I'm pulling up the Wikipedia
1: because also my brain is a little pile of mush, just to make sure that I don't miss anything important. All right. So the year is 2049 and Cole Sprouse plays a really irritating guy of indeterminate college age named (laughs) Walt. And he is a, it's a, it's a world that's sort of like a, a, you know, satirical extension, but also not as, as realistically horrifying in most ways as it probably will be here by 2049, but also it's still horrifying. So he's like a barista and his a boss slash coworker is uh, a robot named Gary and everything is like corporate hell overtake. Like, um, so anyway, Walt is like, uh, like this movie's equivalent of an Elon Musk fanboy, And, um, let's see, what's the name? They called the, the equivalent in this Leon, Leon Covey, (laughs) um, Zach Braff, uh, Zach Braff was a little too believable, um, in that role. Anyway, so, so space travel, um, is like a thing now. And of course the world is becoming really polluted and um, there's literally trash everywhere in the movie uh, and uh, like on the earth scenes. And so anyway, this Covey industries has a chokehold on um, space travel. So, uh, that's why Walt, like, uh, idealizes, uh, idolizes. That's the word I'm thinking of. He idolizes this billionaire and, like, actually buys into the bullshit about him being determined and, you know, special and making it space that way, whatever. So he's applied, like, Walt has applied. a a trizillion times. Oh, thank you, Wikipedia. 37 times to get on this program um, to move to Mars with Covey Industries. That's his big dream. And that's what he wants to do. Meanwhile, enter uh, Lana Condor, whose name is Sophie. And she is, um, she's uh, more upper classy than Walt and actually has the means to be able to go to Mars. But she doesn't want to. She She has a Wi-Fi orb. Yeah, she has a Wi-Fi orb. Where they can do like direct like uh communication without like space-time lag. They're like uh damn, what's that word for that in sci-fi? Anyway, they're like using quantum entanglement so that they can like speak to each other. Oh, like the Ansible. Yeah, they have like an orb. But anyway, uh mm-hmm. so they're I understand a party, but- <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I was a little confused about this party scenario. Honestly, you know what? You like we probably will go down several of these rabbit holes in discussion later, but you just can't allow yourself to get distracted because if you start questioning anything, yes. If you start questioning anything about like the events of this movie and why were these people doing this or behaving in this way, or was this scenario happening? It all falls apart. So I am going to cease doing that right now and simply report the events. So Sophie is shy and she's a nerd. Who's all into like uh earth, you know, using technology to fix the earth instead of taking her skills off elsewhere in uh, the galaxy. But uh, her boyfriend, however, and his family have moved to Mars. He's gotten like a dream opportunity there, like an internship. So that's why she's got the orb out, like talking to him. So they're supposed to be separated for like nine months and they're going to keep in touch through this orb. But there is a party going on in the house that apparently she is staying in and that's where her bedroom is. And Walt comes bumbling in and breaks her orb. And so that is how they meet. And that sets up the enemies to um, slightly fonder of each other people arc that this This movie takes us on. Let's see. Uh, Then Walt, uh, he gets out of there. He's having kind of a crazy party night um, where, you know, things are just going weird. And he meets uh, a cutie who they have the, like the classic, Only one night. Uh, Jenny with a G. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, She is going to Mars the next morning, but she's having trepidations about it because she's like, oh, this feels kind of gross to go work for this like weird corporation and all that stuff. But Walt's manic enthusiasm about the entire Mars project and humanity escaping (sighs) to Earth uh, sweeps her off of her feet into um, she's going to go to Mars and they smooch. And then Walt's like, Now I have a girlfriend. I have to go to Mars. And he applies again, but he gets rejected and things are not looking good for our erstwhile hero. And, meanwhile uh, Lana Condor Sophie shows up in the coffee shop where Walt works crying and upset because her boyfriend Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son got his his internship got upgraded to like his dream job on Mars so now his his uh, absence from her is extended indefinitely so Walt and Sophie have like a you know whole back and forth that he desperately wants to go to Mars but doesn't have the means she has the means but doesn't want to go to Mars they kind of spar and ban and that like sets the tone for their, you know, sort of bickering relationship they're gonna have. Um, and Walt convinces Sophie to go to Mars and she buys the ticket, and then she's like, bye, Walt, fuck you. And he's like throwing away trash. So he decides that he is going to stow away on the spaceship, which he manages to do by grabbing onto Sophie in line and that somehow like knowing somebody is going to get you through security in this scenario. And that's what happens. And um, so she gets him on through there so that he could go like stow away. And he's got this goofy little scene where he's doing flips and like, you know, climbing on the back of trucks and stuff to get in the stowaway. And that actually was kind of a genuinely terrifying scene to me, Sadie, when they took off in the rocket. I don't think I would like that sensation. Oh, yeah. When Walt like blacks out from mm-hmm. the, yeah. <laughs>
0: I well I mean we'll talk about this later um about like our willingness to actually do this if this were a real world scenario but uh, please no. continue um is my short answer
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so Walt makes it onto the spaceship but then once he's there like what the fuck is he gonna do he's gonna try to hide in the ducts of course Sophie finds him and is upset about it and they get in the classic like they're like fake dating stuck in a uh, you know a space cabin together um, trying to fool everybody else on board that they're together and also that he is the boyfriend let me figure out what the boyfriend's name is again besides Cuba Junior. Calvin Calvin the boyfriend and Calvin's like an algae expert so long story short they're trapped on I mean it's not that long of a story it's just a series of events but I thought they were cute anyway they're trapped on the spaceship oh and Captain Michelle Buteau is suspicious but um is is sort of letting them get away with it for now I really liked that she was the spaceship captain that was probably the highlight of the movie for me yeah Yeah, So they get, you know, in a bunch of unlikely scenarios where they have to, you know, pretend to be other people. And so he researches Calvin's life and he finds out more about Sophie. And Sophie learns more about Walt because he literally never shuts up. And then they get stuck in these scenarios where they have to, you know, socially wiggle their way out of things. And they learn more about each other and they really start liking what they see. And uh, uh, they they really don't have a strong romantic chemistry. They, these people are very like buddy chemistry, Cole Sprout. No in Lana Condor, which is probably the movie's biggest weak point as a romance. But anyway, Walt starts to think that uh, Calvin is not the guy for Sophie, That she's very into her plan. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. We get to the end. They finally make it to Mars. Amazing. Of course, Walt is immediately apprehended. (laughs) And uh, he... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's gonna go uh he's gonna get like sent back to Earth in prison and he's really bummed out. But then it turns out uh that that Leon Elon Zach Braff uh sees a viral marketing opportunity because they released the footage of Walt breaking onto the spaceship. So they want to like put him in ads. So basically, uh to not go to prison. This <laughs> gets a little dystopic again here, and I'm not really sure how they overcame this at the end of the movie. Again, uh, the plot is a a very paper thin. Um, But yeah, so he wants to keep Walt around so he can tell everybody how great going to Mars is. And if you're just like obsessed with Elon Musk enough, you too could be a success in life, even though you're a loser. Meanwhile, Sophie is reunited with Calvin and his family, which it becomes clear, again, though, and a good element of many romances is that a lot of them have, are about family, almost as much as they're about love, you know. But anyway, that she she doesn't have a family of her own anymore, and Calvin's family is really, so that's like a big thing. She doesn't want to lose her family, but she's not really feeling, being with Calvin long term, she sees that like she likes him, but they have kind of a weird like, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, brother, sister vibe going on, and she's sort of like, ah. <laughs> it's 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 weird, yeah. But fortunately, his very beautiful mother, who appears to be wearing a very horrible wig in all of her scenes in this movie, assures Sophie that she is going to love her and she'll still be part of the family, even if she dumps her algae obsessed son. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs> so she does, and she's going to go back to Earth to like uh, live out her dreams. And then Walt, meanwhile, let's see, uh, Zach Braff decides he's going to send Walt out to like Ceres, like a dwarf planet in the Kuiper belt, um, as like an advertising thing to, to be like, le- you know, again, like, look how far if you can-, <laughs> he can do it. Anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that sort of thing. And Walt's like, sure. Sounds awesome. And then uh, Zach Braff is like, oh, but you're going to be gone for like, this is going to take like 10 years for your spaceship to get out there. And Walt is like, what? So then he Realizes because B- Walt is an Impulsive guy Who seems To have a Deep-seated Compulsion to Like cling On to a Woman he Has recently Met um, you Know to Drive uh Yeah his- <laughs> <laughs> His life decisions, uh, decides that he is going to um, escape and go back to Earth with Sophie. And that's what happened. Yeah, they just got on the shuttle back, right? I don't know if they ever made it all the way back to Earth, but they kiss and then it's the end. I kind of think this seems like an ongoing thing, though. I really sort of feel like they had that kiss, but once they get back on Earth, Sophie's going to be like, okay, peace out, dude. I'm going to work in my lab. And Walt is going to like walt his way to do whatever (laughs) is next for him. Through
0: life, yeah. so you said that you like that you like enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. talk about that a little Talk about okay. that okay Let, let's let's circle well, on to it this surprised
1: me immensely sadie because i did huh. i had uh-huh. only heard of the movie by seeing it mentioned a handful of times on twitter and like always poorly i had seen like an article headline that like I I didn't read the article yet, but it was saying like Moonshot is really bad, but Lana Condor is good in it. Uh, And I typically am not super into fluffy rom-coms, you know, Um, especially like the lack of sexual chemistry in this movie. Like I was just complaining to Mm -hmm. you the other day about Bridgerton season two, which I haven't even seen yet, not having as much sex in it. Although you, Sadie does assure me that there is plenty of sexual chemistry. So, um, but yeah, no, I was not expecting to like this at all. I was expecting to be a big hater and I'm kind of at, a, I was, then I was wondering maybe because I was so traumatized when I reached the end of Our Flag Means Death that I was like, that was like too many feelings at the end of that last episode to be able to like yeah. walk it off and go to bed. So I just had to put on something else and this looks kind of, it was there and it looked kind of like appealing, but stupid. And it was sort of like exact, the no thoughts smooth glass bubble brain like vibe that i needed in that moment so then i thought maybe that was the reason that i liked it but when we decided we were going to talk about it for the pod i pulled it back up and watched it again and it still is working for me in like a very uh, like i said if you you can't you can't poke at this movie at all because it will explode it is a bubble um it is like cotton candy but i just found it appealing i I love Lana Condor, of course. She was flawless. She plays this character perfectly. Oh, yeah. I love the scenario. I do have a weakness. That's an I have recognized this about myself. So Sadie movies always have like sweeping like landscapes with stirring orchestral stores <laughs> and like yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah and like Samantha movies always have like you know uh messed up like um uh, you know like uh like alma poisoning woodcock like uh, romance vibe just kind
0: of fucked up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love her though. (laughs) though. Uh, Black Christmas,
1: a a murderer popping out of your closet to uh, strangle you with your dry cleaning bags. You know That's a Samantha movie. And I love movies where people are flirting in colorfully lit, stylized spaceship hallways. So I think when just Michelle Bouteau walked into that hallway, I was like, yes, I love this. Also, was that the soccer player, Megan Rapinoe or whatever, just a a lookalike who was that one character? Uh That was weird. Was like her. It hair. I was like, is that her? her? I was like, why would you put a soccer player in your cast? But yeah, I don't see her I think. <laughs> And what I was truly surprised about is that I liked Cole Sprouse in this movie. This is where I'm having kind of a con- like a crisis of because in- okay, I was too old I, I never had any um exposure to Cole Sprouse until Riverdale. And I uh-huh. like his jughead even though I like I I sort of love and hate him in equal measure, you know? That like I'm weird. Yeah. Like the, and Cole Sprouse is kind of the same way. I was I was a bughead shipper there for a while when um, Um, Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt were together in real life. And uh, Uh I I think that both of them, I think why I I found them appealing as a couple a little bit, um, they seem like really smart, thoughtful people who give fascinating full interviews, but they come across as absolutely insufferable when like little sound bites from those thoughts are clipped out to make headlines. (laughs) And that's that's been happening because I guess he's been promoting this, and I've been seeing it like I'm like, God, this guy, like, this sounds terrible. Like seeing like little things that pop up on the Instagram Discover page or whatever. Then I read like the full like New York Times like interview with him or whatever, and I'm like, wow, he seems kind of awesome. Like he's a little like pedantic and you know, erudite and kind of irritating that way. But I don't know. So anyway, this was a character and Walt. I would fucking hate this guy in real life. Like he is. Like he sucks, yeah, but somehow, like the way they played it, I get maybe kind of like remember when Samantha surprisingly liked that, um, the movie about Jamie Dornan thinking he's a bee, Wild Mountain Time. Yeah, this sort of to me felt more like I don't know, it gave me like a warm glow of community theater in my heart. Moonshot 2022. on as my blurb on the poster. I think that's what I don't know. Okay, so Sadie, please tell me why you did not like it. And maybe that can also give me some in to see what in the world is affecting me this way about it. Because I feel
0: strange. Like I feel unmoored not being a hater about this. I, so I was quite surprised at how much I did not like it. So we are on the flip side of this. (laughs) We've gone through the mushroom well. I loved, I loved the look of it. Like it, like the setting and the whole concept of like, like I love that sense of like, Oh, just like casually vacationing on Mars in like 2050, you know, like I love that idea. Um, and I feel like they kind of drew a lot of inspiration. I don't know if you are familiar with those NASA posters that they have on the NASA website that are like, they're they're like vacation posters, like travel to Mars and explore the high life, you know, that kind of stuff. And I love that shtick. Like, I, I love that. Um, and I love Lana Condor, but it, it just came down to Cole Sprouse for me. I really did not like him in this role. Like, he actively. <laughs> Made me mad. And I i think it was just, I was just like, the whole time I was like, I don't believe that Lana Condor's character even likes his presence. Like, there's never a moment where she's like, this person is hot. No. Or like, there's never a moment where she's like, I'm actually like, not, I'm not like begrudgingly putting up with this person, but I'm actively like seeking out their company. And like- I, I just didn't buy any of that. And so it always felt just a little uncomfy for me. I don't know. Like at the end, I was just like, I don't think, I don't, I don't agree with this. <laughs> like, I didn't. um, And yeah, it just felt a little off kilter. And um, I'm going to pitch something, please. And I think it would have been an easy fix. Just swap Cole Sprouse and Mason Gooding in their roles. Oh, yeah, that would have easily worked. Like, and it would have made sense. Like, I feel like Lana Condor and Mason Gooding had chemistry, even though they were like never in the same room on screen. (laughs) And like, I just, I felt their connection and I think it would have been interesting. And like, it would make sense that, someone who is like Cole Sprouse would be someone who's like really gung-ho about terraforming on Mars and there's kind of like they have that buddy chemistry but they don't have any romantic chemistry. So you as the as the viewer would be like, "Oh yeah, this makes sense that Lana that Lana Condor's character is like has been dating him a long time and feels comfortable with him, but she has so much chemistry with the stranger." Yeah, you know. And that is a so waste like, of
1: confined spaceship cabins and hallways when you don't have chemistry <laughs>
0: there. I must agree yeah. with you there. Yeah, I I just felt like I did not understand Cole Sprouse's character at all, and it felt and also the 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 concept of like he meets a girl and spends like one night with her and then is obsessed with her for like the next month and a half, goes to Mars with her spends like a week with a different girl right then gets to Mars and it's revealed that like she I don't know what we're supposed to make of Jenny's character because it's like it makes her seem like oh she's such a bitch because she like but it's like now I'm thinking of it in a whole new light it's like she never agreed to be dating this guy you know and maybe she could have been more firm but also like bro (laughs) come on it's like that it was just like that's kind of like weird and like makes me uncomfy and then now he's suddenly like well I'm gonna throw everything away again. Again, but for a different girl. So like nothing really feels like it will last any significant amount of time. And I feel like that's my number one benchmark to a good rom-com is if I can imagine two things. If I can imagine them together three years from the end of the movie. And then number two, if I can imagine them sitting on the couch, chilling for 15 minutes, enjoying each other's company. If I can't imagine both of those things, then it does not passed Uh, Sadie's rom-com test. And these two passed neither of those. Not at all.
1: Sitting on the couch for 15 minutes, like Lana Condor. Actually, I even clicked through to one of the little um, you know, some of the extras on HBO afterwards, like behind the Uh scenes. And there was one, some little interview, some silly game thing they were doing with Lana Condor and Cole Sprouse. Like, and you can tell that they were both kind of tired and punchy, that they'd been working and then they get hauled in to like sit in these little chairs and do this, you know, um, this stupid game thing. But Cole Sprouse is sort of like gamely trying to play along with the interviewer and stuff. And Lana Condor was basically like, like she's like laughing and stuff, but she is like, get me the fuck out of here
0: is like screw the vibe. <laughs> like I, yeah, do yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And I, you know, I can't even remember what I was, what I talked about during our Kate and Leopold episode. But I did, I do feel that way about Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan in that movie. Of like, I think that, well, in that case, I, I liked both of them separately, but I just couldn't buy their chemistry because it just felt like they were like tired of each other. Like I could feel. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And so, like, this movie gave me that similar feeling. And so, I, again, I just felt so distracted by Lana Condor and Mason Gooding's chemistry that I was like, I want this to happen. And I hate this bumbling, <laughs> like, Like he's, he's a bumbling fool, but also is personable, but also is annoying, but he's going to college for something, but we don't know what. And yeah, I I just his character was not in any way a real person to me.
1: No, whereas
0: Lana Condor's character felt like a real person. Yeah, she felt a little bit fleshed out. So I don't you, know. But also she uh, just had a million dollars to drop on a plane That was kind of nuts. But even but still, still, I, still <laughs> I still felt like it was believable. Yeah. So it was just kind of like real person paired with like, like a cartoon. human character without yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without being flushed out I I fully so. see this, Sadie. I, I actually agree
1: with you on pretty much all of these elements. And I can now, okay, so I'm seeing why this would be so frustrating. And I think that the reason my brain is accepting this differently is like, it's almost like a genre thing that I somehow, even though this is definitely billed as and is supposed to be a rom-com, I agree, I do not think it is a very successful rom-com. But I do like it yeah. as kind of, Like I don't know, just a weird slice of life movie about this weirdo who is Walt. Um, (laughs) And I think that Cole Sprouse, and I think that this, like it did Sadie and me, this will hit you very differently. I'm not sure. as Sadie and I have um, have noticed about ourselves, if you'll you'll be able to predict one way or another before going through and and actually watching it. But Cole Sprouse seems like he is having the time of his life playing a himbo. That's true. Yeah, like he. I think that that's why he is into this because he always is cast as the neurotic weirdos because I'm pretty sure he is a neurotic weirdo, and so he's like really enjoying this like weird flowing blonde Owen Wilson dye job that he's wearing and movie and, uh you know, like living it up. Also not a <laughs> yeah, it luck. is not. It's not very flattering. But then so you could either find that appealing because like me, you get kind of swept up in his like, uh, like I said, like the community theater vibe, like the commitment that he's doing to it. Or you could just as easily watch it and find this to be the most irritating, off-putting thing in the entire world. So <laughs> I think that it's going to be polarizing one way or another. Sadie, can you imagine anybody watching this and having just a lukewarm, like, not one way or another reaction to Cole Sprouse in this?
0: <laughs> yeah. I I mean, tap is probably my best response. It's like, I, I just feel like he was a, I was not feeling him in this yeah. <laughs> And that's not to say that I don't, I mean, I I do just genuinely, he's not really my, he's not my favorite actor. Um, I kind of find him quite annoying off screen. And so, I mean, no, no, no tea, no shade. But <laughs> fair. I, um, so I think that I was just kind of like, I don't know. There's so many more interesting people that I could see Lana Condor paired with for this movie, especially because I think that Lana fits so well in her role and also in this aesthetic. And yeah, it's just, I, I feel like this genre of, of like story never really casts right. Because I'm also thinking of Her. Do you remember that movie? Um, Is that the one with... With Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, and Scarlett Johansson is like the voice of his... Yeah. Yeah. I think that had a similar vibe where it was kind of like, it's spacey, modern stuff, but it's kind of like mid-century elements to it. Kind of like retro-futuristic. But anyway, I hated Joaquin Phoenix in that movie. (laughs) And it kind of ruined my
1: vibe. Um, But I don't know. I'm trying... I think that you could... You're correct that it could solve a lot of ish in this movie to just switch switch the guys
0: I, I feel like it would be the easiest answer because it would still make sense overall and I feel like everything would just I would just enjoy it more I don't know and also it could just be my gut reaction to just guys that are like Cole Sprouse in this movie which is like tech kind of tech bro, Elon Musk fanboy who latches on way too quickly to hot girls. Mm, Yeah. And... Also is like spouting poetry he
1: memorized, but like
0: clearly is like, I don't know. The vibes are off. Like they're never... I don't know. And, and they don't like make him out to be like a bad character or anything. So like he, I know that he's like characterized as a good guy, but I just don't see it lasting. And I feel like the, the subplot of like Lana Condor's parents dying, leaving her money, and then she just lives with Mason's family. Not Mason. Uh, no, Calvin. I got stuff. <laughs> Mason Gooding's family, um, like from kind of a young age-ish. It's just weird. And so I'm like, you're gonna throw not like throw it away. I I do think that it was the right decision for her to break up with with Calvin. Like, you know, because it, I it was weird. And also he was pulling her in one direction, which was his direction. And there would not have been any room for her to grow separate from him. So I, I think that that was a good point in the movie. And I think that she made the right decision there, but it was not the right decision to get with. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't but but so like that just felt like complicating a really interesting nuanced issue like they could have just removed Walt entirely. And it would have been such a good movie. Like this idea of Lana, like meeting a group of like really interesting people along her journey to Mars, she gets to Mars, she realizes like she needs to be her own person. And she has like a more fleshed out conversation with Calvin about everything. And then she goes back to Earth. And like, you can see that she's really hopeful for the future. Like that, you know, and I, I typically don't like to... Be like this rom com would be better if it were not a rom com. Like I hate doing that, but in this case, I feel like it's necessary, and that's just my yeah.
1: No, I I I eat your onion, Sadie. Uh, (laughs) I'm with it. It really is like two different movies going on with the two characters here, and Lana Condors is like yeah, a fleshed out like there's actually a story here. There's like things to grapple with. Does it ever say anything about Walt's family at all?
0: I think it says that he has like a single mom who doesn't really care about him Okay, that much. it's just like,
1: oh, Maybe? he's got a mom, but she's not here. And, like, that's sort <laughs> of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Yeah. And I certainly think that th- there is no way these people would spend much time together after, you know, like, and I even think that that could have been, but you can't, I don't know, you can't build a a novel as a as a romance unless you have your happily ever after, your happily for now, you know? So this yeah. is trying to make itself into a rom-com by ending on The Kiss. But I really think it was more of like a comedy that could have benefited from focusing more on Lana's character and have, even if you're going to keep the same structure, have Walt be not the main guy and then have them fucking split up once they get back to earth. Because like, clearly that's what they're using each other for here is to be support and kind of, you know, um, well, or that's what, (laughs) that's what, what Sophie is doing anyway. She actually does have like a clearly laid out goal and stuff. Uh, and Walt realizes he doesn't want to be the puppet of this corporation anymore. And that's what he's he's going to do if he's still there. But that's really his... Yeah, he's just running away again. He's not running towards anything by the, <laughs> by the end of yeah. the movie. So there's only so long. God, you're... So Sadie's uh, second um, test of a rom-com. If you can imagine this couple just chilling on the couch together for like 15 minutes... I can see it. And it would be Walt laying back on the couch, taking up most of the space with his feet, probably in his shoes up on the couch, like jabbering about something. And Sophie just so irritated. She's about to jump out of her skin. Like, please go and do something with your life. (laughs) I think that would be the scenario if these characters actually tried to chill on a couch together. Once they got back to earth,
0: it would just be fast car by Tracy (laughs) Chabbs. Oh, my God. (laughs) If this movie were more, like, grounded in, like, realism and not space-related. Oh, you know, that actually... Sadie, this just lightbulbed
1: another moment for me to criticize about this movie that, uh, I was kind of wondering, cause I mean, as, as stated and also as, as demonstrated, by the way, I am a fucking idiot. That was Cameron Esposito, who is the, um, who, and I was like, is that Megan yeah. Rapino? I think Megan Rapino was like 10 times shorter than her, but anyways, um, Carrying on now that I have uh fact-checked my my earlier mistake. But yeah, I was feeling really spacey this morning anyway. But I was like, do I even remember what this movie was about? And I think that part of it is that a lot of rom-coms, the rom-coms that we have watched for this podcast, sometimes even the shitty ones who I don't like for, like, you know, other reasons of, like, Characterization and and you know, the writing or whatever. A lot of them have really banging soundtracks, and that helps to hook you into the emotions and really sell the vibe. Okay. I don't remember a single song that played in this movie. I mean, I'm sure a soundtrack was going on, but it was it all just like, I don't know, uncopyrighted. Like, <laughs> like, was
0: there a soundtrack to this movie? You're so right. I don't, I don't think that you know what? I have to look this up. <laughs> You're so right. I can't even remember. Like I, I'm
1: remembering that. So there's like at one point, there's a wedding party scene. Uh, because Captain Michelle Buteau is, uh, she's always trying to have a wedding on board because she wants to have a party. And so Cameron Esposito and her girlfriend get married at some point. Oh, yeah. I,
0: they did have. So music must have been They playing, did have
1: some. But like, I feel like the vibe when you're watching it is like that you're not hooked in on the music. And then you feel like you almost feel like you can sense it being recorded on a quiet sound stage, And then just some like generic background music was added in. <laughs>
0: I think that it has that problem that a lot of modern movies have like, I'm thinking of the after series. That's probably like the most egregious use of it. But like they just use songs that just like, they just kind of needle drop random songs that like kind of fit the situation. But there's no deeper layer of thought to it at all. And I don't know. So it never like really clicks. Like, um, let's see. I'm looking through the, like they have Burn the House Down by AJR and Meet Me at Our Spot. By Willow and all the stuff. So it's like there so are some, there, like,
1: but it's just not popping.
0: Yeah. Songs. The way it was deployed, it did not pop for me. There's no connection. And I, I'm thinking, and uh, I mean, this is another Lana Condor, but this time it's really, really good. Uh The first to all the boys I've loved before. That soundtrack is so good. And it matches the vibe each time of like what's happening in the show, in the movie, like to a deeper level. Like it's not just the words, but it's also like the sound and it like, it's really, really good. And I think that that can help bring you in. I don't know. I, despite the beautiful coloring of the movie and the setting and everything. I was like, I'm ready for this movie to be over. (laughs) Like, I'm ready. (laughs) Like, when they were on the ship, I was like, I need them to land. (laughs) I need them to land immediately. Thank you.
1: Also, where is our movie about Captain Michelle Buteau And uh, who, of course, I did like, I think that I liked a lot of that. And maybe I I enjoyed this because it had more of an episode of a TV show feeling to it than it did a movie feeling. (laughs) Which is not a great recommendation for its success as a movie. But, uh, you know, cause I did start watching it right after the, the heavy hitting last episode of Our Flag Means Death and the note that that ended on. And then I've just had had kind of a tough emotional week anyway. So I it like it was a very like uh, a shallow water kiddie pool brain break for me you know and I enjoyed uh-huh. it for that reason but yeah then looking but you saying that like fast car I was like oh my god if it, you know because if, if they put fast car in a movie anywhere you're just going to immediately start weeping and you're like <laughs> I was like this movie would not have earned that but it would have worked and I had that feeling about the when no. we did the the Bridget Jones cinematic universe I did not enjoy a lot of the I, I act Disliked most of the the plotting, and you know, uh, but those soundtracks like carried you through a whole emotional experience, regardless. And yeah, I, this movie definitely like yeah, this was a great uh, like head empty, no thoughts um, vibe to me personally. <laughs>
0: I I felt like part of the reason is that I, I I felt the opposite reason. I felt like my brain was working too hard <laughs> because like like I felt like the beats, the beats of the plot were so, I don't know, for some reason I had such a hard time following, even though I objectively knew the plot, like I knew what was happening. I was still like having a hard time wrapping my brain around it. And I think part of it is just that I did not understand what Cole Sprouse was <laughs> doing, like his character. Like, it did not make sense to me. And so I was like, I can't comprehend these actions that are happening in front of me. So, like, I was, like, confused. And after a certain point, I just kind of That makes so much sense. Also, because, like,
1: there is, like, nothing to grasp onto. Like, you know, if you try to, like, sink some claw into this movie to, like, it all... That was what was getting me. just, Just from the very beginning was, like, so... Cole Sprouse's roommate takes him to this party where, you know, he he meets Lana Condor and he meets this Jenny girl and like it all takes off. But so is the party yeah. happening in the house that Calvin and family recently vacated, but Lana Condor is still living there? Because that's like her bedroom that Cole Sprouse stumbles into, but like she would never throw this party. Like what is going on? Like so <laughs> kind of like like every single aspect. Of course they have the um, I, in a positive way this movie did give me uh, some fan fiction vibes in a lot of the on the spaceship scenarios um, because they have the you know Michelle Buteau knows what's going on with them but is like weirdly not she's not ratting them out we find out at the end because the Elon Muskie told her not to because he wants to use Walt as advertising um, but they, they've got anyway the scenario where uh, Cole Sprouse has to give up and give a speech as Calvin about his like specific research that he's you know done and stuff and of course he yeah. can't because but then he ends up doing something like he says some stuff about life and love and everybody's like like they even wrote a line in it like wow that was a terrible speech but like i feel so moved like i don't know some shit you know like i don't know i i definitely i enjoyed it on like a yeah a, a, like a tv show level god sadie now i'm gonna be thinking about um <laughs> What is it that appeals to me about unchallenging media like that? When I don't want to watch a two-hour movie, you know.
0: Yeah. I the final thing I'll say is I also just don't agree with space travel. <laughs> Send little uh, and, robots and, up oh, there. Oh, not us. I forgot. <laughs> The, the worst part of the movie for me is when they go on that stupid moonwalk Oh, thing. my God. My brain like, just canceled uh-uh. that part. <laughs> uh, no, no. No, no. Like, I would <laughs> shit myself. And also, I just, that, I don't know if I mentioned to you, part of the reason why space, stuff like this, like, that, when it's, like, a lighter, lighthearted thing... I can't fully enjoy myself because I'm like, no, this is a <laughs> horror movie. Like this is the worst thing that could happen to me. Because my worst fear is, and I know how uh, this is not likely to happen because there's no way anyone's catching me <laughs> on a spaceship. But my worst fear is being on a spaceship and then something alien-esque happens and I'm trapped on the spaceship. And I think part of that is because the hit uh, horror video game Alien Ooh. Isolation <laughs> really just attached itself to the tendrils of my brain. And I, it scares me so bad. I have watched Let's Plays of that <laughs> of that game so many times. But the idea of being alone on a ship and you're with a scary creature but you can't escape because you are in space and no one is coming to help you because you are light years away oh my god and also there was a movie called life starring jake gyllenhaal ryan reynolds um timothy chalamet's mom and dune i'm trying to remember but it's basically alien but like more bloody um and because it was made like two years ago and oh my god the way that they were just like what if we just tapped into sadie's deepest darkest (laughs) fears And one of them is like one of the characters accidentally gets just flung into space. And then that's just it. Like they're just they're just floating out in space and they have their helmet on like they're going to be alive for a little while. Yeah. But there's nothing that can be done. And they can't
1: die of dehydration.
0: Yeah. And so that seeing them willingly go out there and potentially risk that even a little bit, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: And that and in like a light hearted like movie like this, they always frame it as it like being the positive thing to want to run and leave straight out into space and that like Lana Condor needs to like get over her fear to be like a better, more well-rounded person. And I'm I, I'm with Sadie. I am glad that space uh, keeps people employed. I love space and I am very excited about space exploration with robots, you know, like I think that's awesome. And if some extremely weird people want to go up there and like orbit around the moon and come back occasionally, like I guess I'm fine with that too. But me, myself, nay. I, um, you know, I think that like I love media with people like, you know, flirting in spaceship hallways Uh, if we're gonna talk about hit video game series mass effect is is it for me baby um you know i could watch i could watch people make out with hot aliens in spaceship hallways all day but i know myself and i know how much i hate the feeling of any like uh uh, you know amusement park ride that gives you a big like drop or shoots you up really fast like vertically (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there is no fucking way I would go through a launch where you had to sit there like that, that, ooh, that is terrifying to me. And when we had to watch their faces on screen, that did go yeah. briefly in a horror movie there. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the whole, like, you have this equipment, you better not have a clumsy moment and fuck it up or you're fucking dead. That's just, that's rough. That's a rough yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to ask Samantha about how she feels uh, personally about space travel when she's back to us later this week. I wonder, do you think Samantha will be?
0: Yeah, I'm pro. Dying to know.
1: Would Samantha actually want to go on the trip? I don't know. Yeah, I can't predict.
0: It's, <laughs> it's a, a no, no for, me. for me too. I, I just, I feel like th- what's out there. That's fine. That's fine. Just leave it. <laughs> just leave it be. Just leave it. You it's can fine. look at it. Let's not go touch it. <laughs> Because I just know that some dumb fuck would find uh, some type of strange alien life form and they would bring it back to Earth. And then, you know, uh, 10 days later, the apocalypse is in full swing. And I'm like, what did I say? (laughs) Oh, my God. Just simply, I think that you predicted
1: the sequel to Moonshot, where Walt accidentally picked up some alien bacteria or something, and then he brings it back to Earth when he follows Lana Condor back. He would. (laughs) Ten days later, chaos. He would, and somehow Walt's going to survive it. Most of the planet won't.
0: Tracks. Okay. Yeah. Moonshot, Moonshot two. two. Moondead. Moon
1: <laughs> Walt's return. So other guy options. <laughs> uh, um, obviously, we plot wise, I think Sadie and I gr- agree that Sophie should not have ended up with Calvin. But I do like your your suggestion of just switching the actors there. Um, that would have made sense. Also, yeah. okay, coming in with the sort of the incesty wild card here. Calvin's mom was awesome and. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is a bold, a bold thing to say. I do think
1: I can predict that if Samantha were here, she would back me up on this one because Samantha does not mind a little, uh, you know, May, November. um, Maybe this was more of a May, October But it's a little bit also mom. (laughs) mom flavored. Oh, for sure. Because this is like her mother figure. But when they were having that conversation at the table about how, uh, and you know, okay, maybe this is just because there is kind of like, I can see them sort of like buddying along as co-workers, even though she's irritated by him. But Nalana Condor and uh, Cole Sprouse romance vibe was not there at all. And maybe there was such a vacuum of that, that when the mom and Sophie were sitting at that table, having the conversation about how Sophie needs to do what she really wants to in life and the mom will always love her and be there for her. I was like, I'm feeling a little something here. I think there's potential.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I heartily disagree. (laughs) But yeah, I maybe let's okay, real talk though, Jenny and Lana Condor. Because Jenny is kind of
1: like, Uh, from what little we see ever seems to be like a less irritating female version of Walt who's more, Capable and competent, yeah. and um, yeah, so, and has the only cat on Mars. Oh, um, apparently,
0: potentially, like swapping a little bit. So let's see, Walt and Calvin? Question you know, mark. I, I don't know. Actually, and it you could know work.
1: that could be really good because he had to learn all this stuff about Calvin so that he could impersonate Calvin on the spaceship, yeah. and then like he comes to respect him. And also, their goals seem more compatible because Walt's whole thing was that he wanted to get off yeah. of Earth and do stuff. For the future and for space and moving outwards and and Sophie, her whole yeah. thing and why she's incompatible with Calvin is she wants to go back to Earth and work on fixing things there, so like maybe Walt could get Calvin to kind of like loosen up and not just be so stressed about his algae twenty four seven and maybe Calvin could help Walt be able to find a purpose and a focus for his aimless sense of drive. I like it, Sadie.
0: Because I think that, because I think like Calvin, like Walt has said, like he's really willing to just kind of go anywhere for his partner. Like he's into that. And so Calvin wants that in Lana Condor's character, but she has her own thing that she wants to do. And so like, I feel like Calvin would really enjoy the kind of like being able to kind of micromanage (laughs) Walt and Walt would enjoy being micromanaged. Whereas Lana and Jenny, like they both kind of, it seems like they like their space a little bit. And we know that Jenny was feeling some apprehension going to Mars in the first place Because I think that maybe she also feels that, like, we should stay on Earth and, like, fix what's happening on Earth, you know? And so I feel like they could really – something could – there's something. I agree.
1: Okay. I I like this even better than my suggestion of Sophie and the mom. Sadie, you've won me over. Thank you. But yeah, they kind of. That was so rough for Jenny that like she she likes Walt. Like she was still on because I was like what on my first watch and then when well, I watched it like halfway through and then I went back and started from the beginning when I fully watched the movie. But uh yeah, she's like still talking to Walt, but he kind of has her. He's under false pretenses. She thinks that he is coming to Mars too, and um and then she's like what the fuck when he falls off in radio silence because. But so anyway, by the end when she sees him again and kind of you know she's like. Dude, they have her dating like a prison guard and like uh and they threw in some joke about like yeah, well, I'd have to date yeah. like a guard after, you know, you followed me here after knowing me for only one night and it's like, "Uh, oh, yeah, that that is creepy, Jenny, you have a point." But damn, like A-cab girl, like what are you doing? <laughs> like so I think that she would be Jenny would be in much better shape to meet up with Sophie and yeah. <laughs> I would love to see the movie about spaceship captain Michelle Buteau um, getting her job or working her job or her never ending quest to try to get somebody to
0: have a wedding on board <laughs> while she's at her job I, I would like to see that I am sick of Michelle Buteau being the side character and I don't, I know maybe there's a chance that she kind of enjoys that vibe I think it's it's a fun role to fill and you can really just kind of you know let loose and just kind of like bring a lot of like kooky stuff to it so I understand why There's some character, like Judy Greer, also someone who really liked that, you know, or at least she, like you know, filled it in a lot of different movies, but I'm sick of Michelle Buteau yes. being the secondary. And character. it's like being the so best the friend. I'm point of I'm parody sick of it. now,
1: it kind of makes me wonder if she's like, it says yeah. yes to all of these just to make a point in a way, because it's like, if there is a rom-com made between like 2018 and now you're just looking like, where's Michelle Buteau? When is she going to pop up and like make the sassy joke? Like this. <laughs> God, how many like even just this year she's been she was also like the sassy friend in Marry Me. She was like the assistant lady. Like, yeah. Give Michelle Buteau her own starring role, please. Someone.
0: Yeah. And I mean, on that note should be I think we rate shall rate. This? I think we shall. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll go first because <laughs> I liked it less. Um and Ah, I will give it two, I'll give it two Wi-Fi orbs out of five because I loved the general a concept of it. And I love kind of, the, the beginnings of the world building that they had. I loved Lana Condor, uh, Michelle Buteau. Um, I, I thought it had really good bones, but I feel like it really, the wheels really fell off with me in the actual re- core relationship. And specifically that I didn't feel like Cole Sprouse was the right character, uh, was the right actor for that character. And I felt like the character of Walt itself should have been quite heavily edited. And <laughs> Walt should not have been the main character, it should have (laughs) been Lana's character um, so those are my main gripes but beautiful scenery I love the circular windows please can we institute those oh. in 2023 um, and those are my final thoughts while
1: actually ropes. agreeing with everything that Sadie has criticized about this movie I am going <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I give it five out of five. I'm gonna give it four Sprouse twins out of however infinite amount there may be in the world Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm going to give it a four because it is very silly. And if I had started to watch it in a different mood, I may have had, or if, definitely if I had had um, different expectations, I probably would not have enjoyed it as much, but I had a good time. Um, it's, pr- it's not one that I'm going to go back to and watch again and again, but I do not regret watching it. I liked the aesthetic very much. Uh, like like Sadie said, I am always glad to see Lana Condor and Michelle Buteau. Um, draw another paycheck, as well as you, Cameron Esposito. I am sorry that I misidentified you earlier, and so yeah, I think if you if you are not ex- expecting um, a very successful rom com, but you are go in expecting just something silly and aesthetically pleasing and fun to watch some accomplished actors banter with each other, even if they don't have a very strong romantic tension between them, then you too may enjoy it.
0: Yeah uh let's see jen um what what moonwalks <laughs> should patreons do to our <laughs> listener? i don't know how does just make them do this wait 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 i hold on hold on hold on what um unidentifiable potentially malicious <laughs> life forms should listeners bring oh back to our podcast <laughs> Well, 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 you can
1: you can tell us your thoughts about Moonshot and really anything else you want to, I guess, um, on our Twitter at YSSTOG. Or you can email us longer form missives at our uh, Gmail, which we do, do not check as often. But we are always super excited when we see we've gotten a message at YSSTOG podcast at gmail.com. or if you would uh, be so generous as to help us keep paying to stream all of these movies and, uh, and now TV shows. Sadie, we've branched over into the TV world as well with Our Flag Means Death yeah, uh, that we yeah. keep streaming. And yes. soon to be Bridgerton season two. On the two. way.
0: So, If you would like to
1: uh, help us keep being able to afford all of this, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash YSSTOG, which gets you access to our Discord server where we talk about more stuff like this. And then we have tiered rewards where you get stuff like cool playlists from Sadie and um, can even select a movie for us to watch and discuss on the podcast in future which, after Samantha returns, I believe we will be spending the rest of our Foolish April doing Nora-tier yep. movie picks. Doing fool's errands. <laughs> Not that you, our Patreons, are fools, necessarily.
0: <laughs> fools it. Fools as are we all. I have, I have time. Is it time? I would like to thank our lovely, wonderful space cadets. Logan, Logan Mayonnaise, Andrew, Althea, Xenalon, Sharon, Justin, Evan, Liz, Brittany, Ray, Ace mara Raimi the Void, heartleaf ave with teeth hadas ryan maddie and abby i can't believe that i stumbled halfway through um yeah we love you all so very much and if you were on mars we we jen and i probably <laughs> wouldn't come to you but we would really want to uh but we are out of a million dollars and also are but terrified if, of if we had a communication <laughs> so
1: orb we would still talk to you when you were on mars <laughs> <laughs> we promise